Welcome to this week's edition of Crypto Curious. I am Lucas. This po- this podcast may be a little different from other newsletter podcasts you've heard before because I have my sibling Indigo with me today. Well, hello. Hello. And now into the episode. If you're anywhere close to the crypto space or know anyone in it, you've undoubtedly heard of NFTs and the controversy around them. I mean, they're just JPEGs, right? Eh, not quite. Let's take a look. So, what is an NFT? NFT is really just a dumb name assigned to unique tokens by the broader crypto community. The acronym stands for Non-Fungible Token and is based on the ERC-721 standard. If you want to read more on that protocol, I link to an article from the Ethereum Foundation in my post on Substack at lucaswalters.substack.com. That's interesting. You mentioned a funny word I haven't heard before. Fungible. What does that mean? Fungible is an adjective that means any commodity, like money, that can be exchanged for a similar one. All of them are the same and have the same value. Non-fungible means the opposite. I'm still kind of confused. No worries. It's pretty confusing. I'll, I'll give an example instead. Let's say I have a dollar and you have a dollar. Does it matter to you which one you have? No, that'd be weird. I'd rather have both, though. No, my dollar. Dang it. Now that that's out of the way... That is a fungible asset, but what about non-fungible? Let's say I have Da Vinci's Mona Lisa, and you have Van Gogh's Starry Night. If you could only have one, would it matter which? (laughs) Uh, Obviously. Exactly. Those are non-fungible assets. Each painting is unique and has a different value ascribed to it. To quote Science ABC, Today, in 2021, the Mona Lisa is believed to be worth more than $867 million, taking into account inflation. Whoa, that's a pricey lady. I know, right? Nearly a billion dollars for a painting is insane. I also have the price for Starry Night for Medium. Quote, as arguably Van Gogh's most famous work of art, it is safe to estimate the value of Starry Night at well over $100 million, end quote. (laughs) Serves it right. That's a stunning work of art. I know, it's one of my favorites. But what if those were priced in cryptocurrency? Using the value of Ether on October 14th, 2021, Starry Night is worth 26,546 ETH, and Mona Lisa is worth 230,152 ETH. For comparison, the most expensive NFT ever sold was for 40,000 ETH when Ether was trading at about $1,800. Wow, I should get into this. What can NFTs be used for? That is an an amazing question. Currently, the most common use of NFTs is art. There are lots of platforms like OpenSea, SuperRare, and Nifty Gateway that enable all sorts of digital artists to create, sell, and collect one-of-one artworks as unique tokens stored on the blockchain. What's a token again? Like those ones at Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, Not quite. I mean a token like a cryptocurrency. Think of Ether. Those are digital tokens that exist on the blockchain, and their existence and owner can be verified by anyone. Oh, okay. That makes sense. What else can NFTs be used for? Another super common use is for Web3 games. Uh. I'll explain what Web3 is in a future post. It's basically the internet with money built in. Oh, continue. One of these games that's blown up in the past year is Axie Infinity. It's not just a fun game, but allows players to earn a real living. That sounds like a scam. How do they make money? I promise it's not a scam. It's like how Twitch or YouTube allows creators to make money, but it's based on gameplay and you don't need viewers. When you do something that warrants getting paid, the network pays you. Like when you win a battle against another player. How does that work? 
Because of how blockchains are built, writing new data is expensive. The network is made made up of thousands of computers all verifying new transactions. When a transaction is made, that asset goes from one wallet to another. The only reason these nodes are willing to do that is because they get paid. Sending data from one wallet to another requires all the nodes in the network to save that update to their hard drives. Yikes. I can see why that would be expensive. It uses up a lot of power, doesn't it? So how do these nodes get paid? Those nodes are called miners, by the way. They mine for new coins. Just a fun fact. On the Ethereum blockchain, miners get paid by fees that users pay to the network when they make a transaction. These fees are measured in something called gas. In the Substack post, I linked to another article from the Ethereum Foundation describing gas. I highly recommend reading that, but if not, crypto gas is very similar to car gas. If you want to go anywhere, you need to use up gas. If you don't, nothing happens. Comparing crypto gas and gasoline isn't the most perfect analogy, but it's enough to understand the basics of how it works and why it exists. That's a lot, but how can players get paid? When players go to do something like battle, they put up some of their tokens. If they win, they get the pool. If they lose, it goes to the other player. According to my understanding, at least, I haven't actually played any of these games yet. Really cool stuff. Are there any other uses for NFTs? Oh, my dear Indigo, there are so many more use cases for NFTs. Most of them haven't even been built yet. On a more philosophical level, I believe NFTs are just infrastructure. They can be used for anything that can be uniquely identified. Wait, can you say that last part again? NFTs can be used for anything that can be uniquely identified. Whoa. Yep. Earlier this week in the great state of Utah, my home, the Silicon Slopes organization held the annual Silicon Slopes Summit in Salt Lake City. That is a lot of alliteration. One of the talks on Thursday was about crypto and NFTs specifically. The speaker, Jimmy McNellis, spoke about the idea that nearly anything in our lives could be thought of as non-fungible. Our houses, cars, clothes, etc. This is the idea I'm most excited for. I think that eventually the mega hype around NFTs will go away and developers and consumers will begin to see NFTs as a tool rather than a standalone product. One I'm particularly excited for is blockchain-native IDs, a driver's license, a social security card, or birth and death certificates, etc. Hey, hold on. I'm not putting my social security number on the internet. Of course, work needs to be done to make sure everything is secure and bad actors can't come along and steal sensitive information like your social security number and home address. That would be bad. Thank you. But wouldn't it be cool if all the information about your identity was always tied to you and not a piece of paper, anyone could verify it and no one could change it. That would be super cool. But I think my brain is starting to hurt. I need a break from this. Okay, fine. I just get excited about these things. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's edition of Crypto Curious. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me. You can always comment on the post on Substack or DM me on Twitter at the Lucas Walters. I can't wait to see all of you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.